Lord, we, we step into your throne room this morning, Father, and we ask that you would come down and help us. Lord, guide us, teach us, speak to us, God. Please don't let us to ourselves. Lord, I do pray and ask that you would use us, your word today, Father. You, these notes, use me, Father, to please um, bring across your word accurately, Father. You know what, what, what we need, Father. You know, you know what your children need, Father. And I pray and ask that you would please uh, grant us the opportunity to see that this morning. And might we take hold of that, Father. And uh, might this morning be a, a morning of, of truly meeting with you. Thank you for the great privilege we have of sitting in church, God, and uh, might we use it to its fullest extent. I do pray this and ask this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. All right, the kids can, can uh, be dismissed. And then for those that stay behind, you can take your Bibles and turn to the book of Matthew chapter number 9. Matthew chapter number 9. And, oh, I think it was, I think it was last week or the week previous, Garrett preached a sermon on you're saved. And now what? And I think a lot of what we preach, it kind of just intertwines and it flows very nicely. And I think a lot of what he said, this is kind of a follow-up on that. Um, so I think if you, if you listen to it uh, completely the last couple of weeks, it'll kind of make a small series of, of just the basic things a, a Christian should know from, from, from the start of when you get born until um, the day you are, I want to say, fully grown or matured. Um, I think let's read the couple of verses here, and then, uh, and then we'll get back. I just want to make a couple of, of opening statements before we get to the, to the verses. But let's read there, Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. The Bible said here, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, um, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And I think we live in a day and age where it's, and this is the opening statement that I want to make, is it's so difficult to associate ourselves with what we read there. By a show of hands, who has first-hand experience of farming? Like you either own a farm, you've worked on a farm, you grew up on a farm. One, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven. Guys, that's not a lot, hey? I'm personally, my hand is down. I have very little experience with farming. I don't have any family, that family member that farm. So I, have, I, I, I struggle to associate with this. And I think a lot of times we distance ourselves from what the Bible says uh, uh, because it's hard to associate ourselves. It's hard to put us in that position there to say, oh, four months until harvest. That's, what, uh, that's just what you guys say. And I read that and I say, no, that's not what we just say because we don't do this. We don't farm. It's not just a, a thing we say every other month. And with this, I think it's so important, and this is, this is broader than just these couple of verses here, but with the Bible, that is where the laboring, that is where the whole being a Christian comes in. It's to say, God, I need to find something in there, and I need to understand it until its fullest extent. And that takes work. That takes some, some effort. And a lot of times, because of that, we distance ourselves and say, well, if I don't understand it, I can't be held accountable for it. And I say that 
tongue-in-cheek because, guys, you are going to be held accountable, not for what you know, but what you could have known. And what I mean by that is you have access to this church. You have access to discipleship. You have access to Bible school. You have access to, well, this word. And when you die one day and stand before God, He will judge you on what you could have known. And what you, you might say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, if you missed three Sundays back because you just didn't want to come to church and that preacher said something that could really help you and kind of make a big leap in your Christian life and you missed that, well, you missed it but you're still going to be held accountable for it. And so many times we, we read this and we say, well, if I don't understand it, then of course, then I, I, I can't act on it. And that's where the problem comes in. We have too many Christians nowadays that sit and say, well, the Bible is old and, and we need to modernize it. So we're not talking about farming, but let's put it, I don't know, the, the app store has the updates, so I should then harvest the updates. I don't know if that's, well, that, that'll work, but a lot of times we, 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 we sit in a, in a society and we read uh, about farming in an app store type world. The closest that I would probably get to farming is playing fantasy farming on my phone. And that's the problem. We don't, we don't live ourselves in this. So the first statement that I want to make is it's hard to associate ourselves with. And I'm saying that up front so that we can get to a, a, a position where we can associate ourselves with what I'm going to say a little bit later. The other thing is it's very abstract and distant. So we read this and we say, all right, it's about farming, it's about harvest, and, and we're the laborers, but, but how does that tie in with, with my situation now? And I will not be able to tell you exactly how that fits in with your situation now, but in the general sense, we will be able to say, you know, you as a laborer, and that as the harvest, and God in this place, how that all plays in. And then you need to dig into this world, and you need to fall on your knees and ask God, all right, Lord, what do you want me now to do with this? I know the basic principles, and how do we proceed from, uh, from this? And, and I'll, point a little bit, uh, I'll point to this a little bit later, but one thing I want you guys to see in this, in this chapter here, and that's, that's kind of the drive of the sermon, is there's nothing wrong with the harvest, all right? There's nothing wrong with the harvest. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is ready. The problem is with the laborers. And that's, that's the, kind of the gist of this. So I know that it's Matthew 9. It's the end of Matthew 9. It's, it's technically, it's, it, oh, I say technically, it's, it's still Old Testament. So I understand that this is not exactly applicable and speaking to born-again believers in the, in, the, in the church age. But the principles that are shown out here, we can apply, you can apply that pre-cross, after-cross, I want to say tribulation, post-tribulation, kingdom. The principles count. The, 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 the heart and the drive behind this. It speaks more to the characteristics of, uh, of, of Jesus and people than anything else. That's a very hard word to say. So, please, throughout all of this, it is in talking about the principle. So, if I say something and, and you might say, no, but that's not applicable because it's out of context, then please do understand that I'm, I'm referring to the principle and I'm going to try and, and, and flip be, be between this. So, the first point I want to make here this morning, um, and what we're going to read in verse 35, is what we as laborers need. What we, well, sorry, what we need to do as laborers. So let's read that again with that thought in mind. As Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching. Sorry, let's do that again. I lost my space there. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom 
and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So what do we need to do as laborers? What is our responsibility? And I played around with the, with the, um, the headings here, and, and we can say that this is Jesus, uh, Jesus leading by example as a laborer. He is the one taking charge and saying, all right, I'm going to show you how to labor in this field, and you guys make some notes, and then we will talk about this later. If we read that in verse 35, and Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Do you think if Jesus typed in his iPhone, I want to go from Samaria to Judea or wherever, there were probably, he could have probably chosen fastest route, and he could have avoided all of the other routes and tolls and uh, strikes and all of that. He could have avoided that, but he didn't. He said, I'm going to go through all the cities and villages, even if it takes me a little bit longer. This was not uh, destination-driven. It was compassion-driven. So he said, I, I don't care if I need to go around the long way. I don't care if I need to, need to go through this city and maybe spend a day there. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say that this journey is going to take me three weeks. If it takes me a month, that's okay. If it takes me two weeks, that's also okay. And again, a lot of time in life, we as laborers view the Christian life as a destination. I need to finish Bible school. Then I need to finish this. Then I need to finish my Bible reading by November. Then I need to pray tomorrow. And it's not a relationship based where, but I want to. Now, you need to understand that, that throughout all your life, I mean, if, you're born, if you've been born again yesterday, you've been saved yesterday, or if you've been saved for 60 years, it's a battle. There's going to be some days you're going to wake up and say, but I, don't, I, don't, I really don't want to pray today. And you will have to still pray. So there is sometimes, and many, probably most of the times, you have to crucify your flesh. But as the laborer, and as we go throughout, there's times where you're going to say, but I want to do this. I, I want to come to church. I don't have to. I want to. Now, again, I don't have to in the sense that if you have to, or well, if, you, uh, if there was a charge later on you, you have to come to church, or the opportunity was there for you to say, I want to come to church, which would you choose? I want to choose this one. I want to work on my heart and say, God, fix me up so that I want to go there. I want to participate. I don't want to go there and say, oh, I have to go to church. Oh, another Sunday. But next Sunday, I'm rather going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to stay home. I, I was there yesterday, so I have a little bit of credit. So let's use it up this Sunday, and then next Sunday I'll be there again. I'll, I'll fall in, and, and, and that'll, be, that'll be a lot of fun. And it's not how it should be. Jesus went about all the cities and villages. Now, a lot of time in our day and, uh, day and age, this is where it stops. Mission work stops there. People say, but I went. I was there. I helped. I fixed a couple of things. I, I motivated a couple of people. Jesus went further, and he said he went with a plan. He said, I'm going to teach in their synagogues, and I'm going to preach the gospel of the kingdom, and I'm going to heal every sickness and every disease among the people. Why? Why? Because my end goal is I want to show them God. I want to show them I'm the Messiah, and this is God. Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. So what do we need to do? We need to, guys, local, global, go out, teach in the synagogues. Teach in the synagogues. Preach the gospel of the kingdom. Now, this is where I said context. Healing every sickness and every disease. I'm not going to get into that, but we read in, I think it's Corinthians, the Jews require a sign. That's why Jesus healed them. Yeah. If you can, and if you have that gift of healing, 
help yourself out. Please, go ahead. I can take you to the hospital. There's a lot of people that need healing. But that is not applicable to us in this day and age. We cannot, uh, God has not promised us the gift of healing that you can go about and, and heal people as we read in this, world, in, in this word. But we can still see that the principle counted. Jesus went about doing good. Isn't that what the book of, I think, Acts says? He went about doing good. He taught in their synagogues. He was not there to build them up. He was not there to say, all right, guys, I'm going to see, let's see what you guys want and, and let's see what, what I can give and let's make it a fun thing. He said, I'm going to teach and I'm going to preach. He did not say there, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but he did not say there, let's see if they like it and then I will continue. He said, I'm going to give them truth. And what they do with it, pray to God that they use it for his kingdom. But what do we need to do as laborers? Guys, we need to set ourselves, we need to put ourselves second and say, Lord, if you want me to go through all the cities and through all the villages and kind of make a round trip all around to my destination, Lord, that is fine. Because we want to set ourselves in patterns. We want to say, Lord, all right, A to B. So I'm going to read five books here. That means I'm going to have 10 verses memorized so I, I can do this. And, and we kind of fill in the blocks. God doesn't work that way. God shuffles it up. And I think a lot of time, that's where I personally get frustrated. You say, Lord, I, I did this last time. Why is it not working now? And I've experienced that with the preaching and the preparation for the preaching specifically. Guys, every week I had to prepare has been different. I come on a Friday evening or a Saturday evening, and I, I, I cannot pinpoint to one thing and say, ah, if I feel that way, then this is going to be the outcome. Every week's different, and this morning has been, has been fun in the house. Uh, again, um, Janae will be able to tell you a, kind of, a lot of fun stories, but it's the same. We need to take that out of our head to say, Lord, okay, A plus B plus C equals whatever, and we need to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, I'm ready, and Jesus said, I'll go the extra mile, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You see here that he preached the gospel of the kingdom. He preached the gospel, but he taught in their synagogues. Teaching the Bible, preaching the Bible, that should go together. And you should be able to do that. You should be able to go out on the street, preach the gospel to somebody, and after they say, you know what, I understand what you're saying, I want to be saved, but before I do, I have all of these questions. Then the teaching starts. And we've preached, but now I need to be able to answer their questions. Guys, listen, uh, an and, and answer to a question might be, I don't know the answer to that. But come with me to church and let's find out together. That is okay. Nobody expects of you to walk in out there, hand out a track, and answer all the questions about the Antichrist, about, about uh, uh, um, the deep, dark things of the Bible. It's the same with the day when you started exercising. You didn't know how to use all the equipment, but as you progressed the experience, you can look back on that and say, oh, but I, I know now how to use this. I've been faced with these hard questions, and now I, need, I, I know how to use it. And as laborers, that is required of us. It is, it is not, it's kind of a non-negotiable. It's not something that we say, if you get your work contract, and they, all right, you're going to be employed this, 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 and you say, I kind of don't like this whole thing about I'm going to get fired if I don't do my job. 
Can we just take that out and I'll, I'll keep the rest of the stuff. You sign the contract and that's up to you. You can go, you can negotiate, but there's some non-negotiables. And it's the same with this. If you're sitting here this morning and you have been saved, you have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, this is a requirement. You need to be able to do this. Not because I'm standing here and saying this, but because the Bible says this. And if you look at this and say, well, I'm way past that, then we need to fix your heart. We need to get to a point, and we'll get to that a little bit later, we need to be able to work with a soft heart. Um, point number two, verse 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Guys, you see there, there's two actions. He saw and he was moved. You know what we sometimes do? If I don't see it, it's not there. What is that animal that, it's an ostrich, isn't it? If there's danger, it puts his head. That's the smallest part of his body. Why are you hiding your head? The problem's not going away. Why do we do that? We close ourselves up to be moved by God. To say, Lord, I'm going to face these problems. And I'm not talking about your personal problems. Let's move away from that. You as a laborer looking onto the harvest. Saying, Lord, there's people there. Let's put it in potch. Let's not make it a distant thing. Let's not, can, we can associate ourselves with potch of strum. There is people in this town that needs help. I'm not saying money. I'm not saying poor people. I'm not saying rich people. There's people that need help. They need a physician to say, hey, have you ever heard about this gospel? Yeah, yeah, I've been raised in church. No, 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 no. Have you heard about the good news that Jesus died for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we talked about that last week. Have you accepted it? Yeah, I was baptized. No, 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 no. Have you accepted it? Yeah, I was on him for. Have you been saved? That's what we need to do. We saw the problem, and he was moved with compassion. That speaks volumes to verse 35. That compassion moved him to go through all the cities and the regions. God help us that we might be moved to that point. That God might take you out of this church, equip you and say, I want to go, I want to put you, what does that say? All cities and villages. I want to take you to a city far away, outside of Poch, outside of South Africa, outside of Africa, and I want to use you. Yeah, but God, that's, I can't associate myself with that. I, haven't grew up, I've, I've, I didn't grow up in a mission-centered family. Okay, I get that. I get that, but, but, but let's change our, 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 our train of thought to, to fit this. Jesus saw it, and he was moved with compassion. Guys, the seeing part of all of this, that's our responsibility. We need to open up our eyes. God is not going to just go like this and smack your hand and say, put down your hand. Look at the, look at the problems. He's not going to do that. You can do this for the rest of your life. The problems are not going to go away. The, the, the movement, the compassion part, God will do His part. He will stir you up. Uh, doesn't Jeremiah, I think it's 33 or 33, 33 said, Call unto me and I 
will answer thee. The Bible doesn't say, call unto me and I'll see if I have time in my schedule. He will answer you. We have to take our hands off of our face and look at the problems. Lamentation 3 and verse 51 says, Mine eyes has affected mine heart. There's some USB cable running between these two and there's data being transferred between them that what you see affects your heart. If I see a dog hurt, it hurts me. I love animals. But if I do this, I'm not seeing the animal, so why am I going to feel anything? But that opens me up to, exp uh, to be exposed to these type of things and God to use me. Can I just quickly say this? That you stopping at a robot after work and passing somebody a 10 rand while you head off home, that's a nice gesture, but that guy might still be dying and going to hell. You doing that because you feel bad, you feel guilty, is not solving the problem. So please note that just doing this and saying, okay, I'm going to exchange what I should do to what I think I should do or what I feel comfortable doing, that does not solve the problem. We need to take off the, what do they call it, the clasps off your eyes, and you need to say, okay, you know what, the easiest way is just to go straight through, but Jesus went about all cities and regions, he, he, was, he, was, he was ready to go the extra mile, so Lord, what do you want me to do? I'd rather keep that money and, and take time, park the car, whatever it might be, and share the gospel with that person, and then gave them the money. It's not a problem, but he saw and he was moved. Can I just quickly say this? Um, no. Okay, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that now. Uh, but the Bible said here in, in Matthew 9 and verse 36, but he saw the multitudes with moved with compassion on them because, because, because there was a reason, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. The definition of faint is weak, depressed, to lose strength and color and become senseless and motionless. Now again, let's not be detached from these ver uh, words here, but let's just look at the second word I said, depressed. If I'm not mistaken, I think that the culture we live in or the era we live in, it's the, the highest rate of depression that's ever been recorded. Why? Why? Because people faint. There's, there's nothing I can look to that's solid enough to say, I can put my trust in that. Every man is just left to himself. And Jesus saw that. And he says, that hurts my heart. Because they were faint, were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Sheep having no shepherd, they're just going about doing what they can do. They kind of look down and just chew away at this until they fall off a cliff, whatever it might be. Is this not the state of our town? Is this not the state of our country? We're getting to a point where, where liberals are rising up and they say, yeah, but, but, but we have a say too. This Christian thing is, is hurting us more than anything else because you keep on telling us what you're doing wrong. No, I'm not, keep on, I'm, I'm not the one telling you what, what you're doing wrong. It's the Bible. It's Jesus. Question, in the society today, if you go to a doctor and the doctor uh, and you, there's something seriously wrong with you, do you want A, the doctor, to say, yeah, everything's fine. I'll see you in a couple of months. 
and then let you go out. You don't know anything is wrong. Or B, the doctor come in with compassion, say, hey, we, we need to talk. It's not a fun discussion, but, but this is the real situation. Of course, uh, seriously, answer the question for yourself. Um, I would like B, personally. Question two, let's flip the roles around, all right? You're the doctor's assistant or you are the doctor. You have to pass along the bad news. What will you do? Rather go in with a fat smile on your face and say, thank you very much, you are very healthy, I'll see you in a couple of months. Or will you rather sit down and say, you know what, this is my responsibility as a doctor. Now, Jesus is the great physician, so let's not take that away from him. Let's make ourselves the doctor's assistant, all right? You are the doctor's <laughs> assistant, but you still have a responsibility. The doctor gave you that file and said, please, would you, would you just uh, uh, express my gratitude to them, but, but please tell them the truth. What are you going to do? I hope you're going to do B and say, hey, patient, we need to sit down and talk. I, this is your life standard, but, but, but this is what the results said. I know it's not good news, but, but that's what it is. Guys, it doesn't change the truth. You saying the truth and people disagreeing with the truth doesn't do anything about the truth. You get that. If, if I say this chair is red and you say, no, it's black, you can say black until, I mean, you're black in the face and you're almost passed out. The chair is going to be red and it's going to stay red. The fact that Jesus died on the cross and we are sinners and we deserve hell, that's not going to change. So if you don't share it today or you don't share it in 15 years, that's going to stay the same. People are not going to like it today. They're not going to like it in 15 or 20 or 30 years. So you might as well start now. Now again, I'm not saying the doctor's not coming in and say, ha ha, you're dying, bye-bye. But he's coming in with compassion and say, hey, we need to sit down. My experience has taught me this, but... But, but we need to have a serious look at this. And, and I can help you with this. So, so let's start off this road and, and let's go through this. But Jesus, he was moved with compassion on the fact that they were fainted, scattered abroad, having no shepherd, having no great physician. Having no great physician. And the third point I want to make here this morning, verse 37 and 38. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous. But unfortunately, the laborers are few. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jesus is such a solution-based God. He's, he's like, all right, problem, let's bring a solution. Let's just, let's just sort the thing out. Head on, let's sort it out. He doesn't say the laborers are few. Yeah, yeah, what are we going to do about this? Mm, let's take some time and... No, he's like, hey, the laborers are few. Verse 38, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Do you see there that you are, have a critical role in the fullness of the laborers? What I mean by that is the quantity of laborers in the field. You have a direct uh, line to that because pray ye therefore, that's your part, God will do the rest. But you have to pray. Is that not possibly the reason why we have such a lack of missionaries in the day and age we live in now? We don't know how to pray. Well, we don't pray. I think, I think if we really put, and I say we, really put our back into it, backs into it, 
God is able to use this church tremendously. We've had the privilege of sending out one couple on the mission field. And, and, and really, I can say this with an honest heart. I have prayed for the last eight, nine years. If God wants me on the mission field, I'm, and I say it out loud, it's, it's a little bit more intimidating. But I think I'm ready. But, but I, I look at this, and, and you know what, if I might just quickly use this time to say this. If you ever had a thought of immigrating, can I just ask that you first pray about mission work? Because if you are ready to leave kinsmen, countrymen, friends, family behind and go and establish yourself in another country, it's basically the same. So just before you say, no, 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 I'm going to immigrate, but I'm not going to be a missionary, please just pray, pray about that. Please just pray about that. You have an integral part in this. The Lord said, pray ye therefore. I'm getting ahead of myself. The third point that I want to make here is what we need to take serious as uh, laborers. The first point I made here is what we need to do as laborers. Jesus went about all cities, teach, preached. Okay, that's what we need to do. What we need to understand was the second point. We need to understand how this works. The seeing moves our hearts. We need to see. We need to open our eyes and look on the fields to see, Lord, oh, wow, Lord, that hurts me. Wow, God, oh, that's not good to see. So that we can be used because the harvest, uh, the, the harvest field is ripe. They're fainted. They're scattered abroad with sheep having no shepherd. And the third point I will make here is what, uh, sorry. It's what we need to take serious as laborers. And that's verse 37. This is the reality about the labor, about the harvest, guys. He saith unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. I started off with this. There's nothing wrong with the harvest. The harvest is plenteous. But unfortunately, the laborers are few. We are the problem. So basically, if we are the problem, guys, we can be the solution as well. We can flip this around. And if there ever was a Bible version 2, Hopefully, the Bible can then state there that, hey, these people acted on this, and now the, the harvest is plenteous, the laborers are more, and hey, we've reached an equilibrium, things are going in the right direction, this is great. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. We need to take seriously that there's too few laborers in the field. We need to take seriously that there's too few laborers in the field. You see, at this point um, in, in Matthew chapter 9, it didn't look like the nation of Israel was ready to repent. At no stage they were looking and saying, yes, we're ready. But still, Jesus said, the harvest truly is plenteous. Now I ask you the same question. If I go out and witness on the streets or wherever it might be, I look at it and I say, Lord, there is no harvest. The harvest is not plenteous. I pass out 20 tracks and I get one possible conversation and the conversation is pathetic. Lord, the harvest is not ready. And I thought about that and I said, well, what can this mean? Nation of Israel was not ready to repent, but Jesus said the harvest is plenteous. That can mean that either I'm looking in the wrong place, geographically or spiritually, or it can mean that I'm looking at the, wrong, or at the right place, but in the wrong way. So I should change my, change my heart and say, God, if two is uh, 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 correct, I'm looking at the right place, but in the wrong way. Lord, change my heart. There's a verse in Acts uh, 16, verse 9. 
Um, Paul had a vision, a man saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Guys, there's people all over this world that is waving the hand and say, come over here and help us. I say again, the harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers, unfortunately, are few. I have about three minutes left, so I'm going to try and, 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 and make this quick. Um, what am I going to cut out? I have about a page and a half left. Uh, let's finish up with the fact that Jesus said pray. We know now that the, that the laborers are few. Jesus said pray. Guys, I think once we, once we see and realize the power and the purpose for why we are praying for the laborers, once we really grab a hold of that, I think that can also revolutionize our Christian lives. Once we look at that and we say, oh my goodness, Lord, I'm, I'm seeing the problem now. I'm seeing these people with hard hearts. I'm seeing the countries. I'm seeing the nations. I'm seeing the families that doesn't have you. Not the people that know about you, but presumptuously continue in their everyday life because it's just easier. But I'm looking at countries. I'm looking at nations that say, we want God. The harvest is plenteous. But we need to do our part in trying this. And I'm going to finish off. I'm going to try and condense this. But as a laborer, you are going to be tried and tested. Go read John 15. That is what makes you a valuable uh, laborer, is you can speak of experience. Doesn't Romans, what's that? I think it's Romans 10, 10, 14. No, it's not 10, 14. I think it's, oh, goodness me. Let me quickly page there. But it talks about, uh, I think it's five. Uh, it talks about your, your tribulation works patience. There we go, five. Um, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations work patience. Great. Patience, experience. And experience, hope. We go through this and we say, that wasn't fun, but I learned a lot. And we go through it again and we say, oh, but I went through that that time. God came through for me in this and this and this way. So I'm going to trust that. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to have hope in that. Now somebody else comes along and says, wow, I'm going through this in life. I have the solution. Jesus brought me through this so I can speak of experience. And that's why we as Christians need to go through the fire. We need to be purged throughout our Christian life so that God can use us. Through every hard trial, you come out on the other side and God says, you're better equipped now. So don't waste your sorrows. Don't waste your sorrows. Don't have this idea that being a laborer is easy because it's not. Being a laborer is not a walk in the park. It takes effort. It takes sacrifice. It takes you saying, I want to do this, but I'm going to do this. It takes you to wake up and say on a Sunday morning, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I am going to church, not this Sunday, not next Sunday, every Sunday. So the exception proves the rule. If I'm not there on a Sunday, well, the people will ask questions because I've been there every other Sunday. Not because Arman said we need to be there, please not. But because the Bible and Jesus says, I want to have a meeting with you. I want to equip you as a laborer. Last verse I want to page you to. We're just going to read the verse and we're going to pray. Psalms, Psalm 68. 
Psalm 68. Oh, I, I pray, guys, I, I pray honestly that this will be your motto for this week and that you would come next week and please share this verse with somebody else. Read it in your household before dinner every night. Read it every morning before you start your day. Psalm 68 and verse 11 says, The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. Might that be your motto this week? God already did His part. He already gave us this. Might we go out through this week and publish the word that we saw in this and get back Sunday and be able to testify and say God's word did not return void, but this and this and this happened. What we need to do as laborers, what we need to understand as laborers, and what we need to take seriously as laborers. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Father, that we can open up your word, Father, and rest in that. Lord, that we can, we can have peace knowing, God, that we don't have to figure out our own way. You already um, paved the way, Lord. You already made it clear what we need to do to be laborers that can, be, that can work together with you. Lord, there's so much to say about this, and I pray that you would let this thought linger, Lord, with me and, and with the congregation. Please send us out from here and might we be laborers, Lord, worthy of their reward. Lord, I pray that you would be with the next service. Lord, there's a lot to take in, but I do pray that you would bring all of this to our remembrance. God, please let us not forget what has been preached this morning and help us, Lord, to act on that. Help us that we can change our train of thought, Lord, to fit with your word. Thank you that we can be laborers, Lord. And help us, God. Help us to grow into what you want us to be. I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name.